When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Roses are red, the Grinch is green. Merry Christmas and welcome to week 16 of the NFC East Feast. Guys, can you believe it? We are just a couple days away from Christmas, a week away from 2022, and only three weeks left in this season. And what a season it has been. Um, I want to thank all of you guys for uh, taking some time out of this hectic holiday week and uh, tuning in. We appreciate you. Uh, Unfortunately, George was not able to be here tonight between him running the pizza business and uh, doing some last-minute Christmas shopping, as I know that he likes to do. Um, he's a little bit busy. Uh, Jay Ludge did send in his picks. I will share those guys, uh, share the picks with you guys in a little bit. But um, buckle up because you're in for an East Feast Roast Beast of your boy. But I am here for you all, and I am going to talk about what has been a fun couple weeks in this NFC East, especially for me as a Cowboys fan. But fun for the whole division. I love how this past week we had the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants face off and the Philadelphia Eagles and Washington football team face off. And now this week we get the Cowboys facing the football team and the Eagles facing the Giants. So it's it's all four teams going head to head. And this is the most wonderful time of the year for me, guys. Um, I want to start with the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm just going to do a little a little table bag. Nothing nothing crazy. And how about them Cowboys, guys? And how about my Cowboys defense? As I said last week, I don't know, I think it's been since the 1990s that I was this excited about a Cowboys defense. I mean, we played the Giants. I don't want to get ridiculous, okay? But it was a road game and defense travels well, and our defense certainly did. I mean, four turnovers, guys, against the Giants. I don't care who's playing quarterback in the NFL. That is an impressive stat. We had three interceptions, uh, one of them being Trayvon Diggs' 10th interception. Shout out to Trayvon. He's going to the Pro Bowl. Another interception by Jordan Lewis, which um, the only reason Jordan Lewis actually picked that off was Demarcus Lawrence hit Mike Glennon's hand, which popped the ball into the air. And for good measure, Malik Hooker also had an interception. And we also uh, forced a fumble for the fourth turnover. And that fumble was, of course, forced by DeMarcus Tank Lawrence. So DeMarcus Lawrence was my player of the game. So happy to see him healthy. Um, But, guys, this was the third straight week the Cowboys had four takeaways. Like, this, we are are getting turnovers 
at an impressive click right now. It was actually the first time that the Cowboys have had four turnovers in three straight games since 1994. Not sure if you guys remember the Cowboys in 1994, but that was when we were in a stretch of winning three Super Bowls over a span of five years, and we call that a dynasty. I'm not saying that this Dallas Cowboys team is getting ready to be a dynasty, but I'm just happy that our defense is doing things that they haven't done since we were a dynasty. So very, very happy with with, uh, the defensive effort here. Uh, Micah Parsons didn't have uh, the outstanding game that uh, he had been having the past couple weeks, but I've got to shout out 7-Eleven. And no, guys, I'm not talking about your favorite convenience store where you go get a Slurpee. I'm talking about number seven, Trayvon Diggs, and number 11, Micah Parsons, because these guys are doing some big things in Big D. This is the first time, guys, and shout out, um, I, I saw this stat, and um, one of my best friends and one of our loyal listeners, uh, Mr. C.T. Hamilton, also um, sent me the stat himself. Uh, this Dallas Cowboys team is the first team to have a player with 10 interceptions in Trayvon and 10 sacks, of course, with Micah since the 2007 Chargers. And if you guys remember that team, um, the player with 10 interceptions was Antonio Cromartie, who I think for good measure had about 10 children as well. And Sean Lights Out Marion had uh, 10 sacks. So, that, I mean, that was a hell of a defense that the Chargers had this year. That's a hell of a defense that my Dallas Cowboys have in 2021 slash 2022. I'm starting to really think that this is a championship level defense. And I'm not, and again, again, I'm not trying to get out of hand here and saying that we're going to go to a Super Bowl and win it. But I think that this defense is playing at that level. Um, just now that we're healthy, as I told you last week, that um, Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and Micah Parsons had only played a handful of snaps the entire year up until last week. So now that they're all on the field together, along with Big Neville Gallimore, who had another uh, half of a sack uh, this week with uh, with uh, Dorrance Armstrong, it's looking very impressive, man. Uh, the, the secondary is playing well. I like how we have a rotation of Malik Hooker and uh, DeMonte Casey at free safety. It's good to see Jordan Lewis uh, get an interception. Anthony Brown is play, has been playing increasingly well since he had that nightmarish performance on Thanksgiving against the Raiders. And, of course, Trayvon Diggs, um, who now I think he's the fifth leading vote-getter in the NFC. So he's certainly, uh, as I said before, headed to the Pro Bowl. But something I am not so gung-ho on is the Dallas Cowboys offense, which is kind of crazy when you think about back to September, which is just three months ago, when Dak Prescott went toe-to-toe with the GOAT Tom Brady, threw for 450-some-odd yards. Like, I thought, like, okay, this is how we are going to win football games this year. You know, it's, this is Dak's team now. He got the big $160 million contract. We're just going to start throwing the rock. But that didn't happen, guys. Uh, Dak, 28 for 37, 217. Threw a touchdown. Didn't have any turnovers, so I like that. Um, something that Mark Schlereth, who um, was the announcer in this game, and um, for my old-school Washington Redskins fans, you guys remember Mark Schlereth, started off um, as an offensive lineman on the Washington Redskins before he went on to win a couple Super Bowls with John Elway in Denver. But I digress. Mark Schlereth had the call on this game, and he had Dax back a little bit. He said 
that Dak was, um, you heard a lot of Dak at the line of scrimmage going, check, 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 check. And I think what Mark was trying to say is that because Dak saw how well his defense was playing, he purposely wasn't trying to force the ball downfield. He knew he had a running game. Good to see Zeke going in this game. He had um, 50 yards rushing. And Tony Pollard, who I was very concerned with the Liz Frank um, foot injury that he has, came back for 74 yards. So Tony's running at over um, six yards a carry in this game. Tony Pollard leads the NFL in yards per carry. So it's good to see Tony get healthy. Uh, Zeke, uh, when he the touchdown run that he had, he carried a few defenders. And there was another run later in the game where it looked like he was about to be stopped for a two- or three-yard game. He ended up carrying the pile with the help of his buddy Zach Martin pushing him. Um, but just good to see the running game get revived. But back to Dak, I, I'm, I'm a bit concerned. And I love how Dak came out and said, listen, guys, I, like, I'm not injured. Because that was, that, was uh, that was my hot take last week, that I thought that maybe Dak's calf wasn't fully healed. Perhaps the shoulder dating all the way back to training camp still wasn't right. But Dak said he's healthy, but he's just that kind of leader. He's not going to admit it. But something ain't right, guys. You saw the way that this offense was clicking with, uh, with Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Maybe some of the, the reason that we're not playing so well is that these guys haven't had a lot of continuity because, of course, Coop missed a couple games with the COVID. C.D. missed a game with a concussion. Michael Gallup missed, I believe, four or five games with a calf injury. But they're all back now, and we're still not seeing those prolific numbers that I was looking for. But that's okay. The Cowboys are winning games on their defense, and I think that that is sustainable. As I said, uh, defense travels well, so we can go on the road with this defense. Um, I'm pretty confident in saying at this point the Cowboys are going to host a first-round playoff game, but eventually we're going to have to go to perhaps Tampa Bay. Certainly the NFC is going through Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Um, the Rams look good. The Cardinals, a team we're going to see uh, in a couple weeks. So we're going to have to have that defense travel if we want to make a deep run in the playoffs. But enough about my Cowboys. I want to talk a little bit about the Giants and guys, guys, guys. The New York football giants. I think uh, I speak for George and the entire NFC East family here. When this season started, we picked the Philadelphia Eagles to be the bottom dwellers in this division. I thought the division would be just like it is at this point. The Cowboys would be at the top, and the football team and the Eagles would be battling it out for that wild card position. Well, just juxtapose, the football team is hanging in there, but take away... And just flip the Eagles and the Giants. The Eagles are in there uh, right now fighting for the wild card, but the Giants are 4-10. My goodness, and they, they just shut down Daniel Jones for the remainder of the season with uh, the neck injury. The good news I heard on that is that this is not expected to be a injury that's going to affect his career down the road. So I'm ha happy for, for, for Danny Dimes on that. But I just think that the fact that they, they are now 4-10 and 10, clearly have been eliminated of, from playoff contention. They're willing to just ride this out. They do have two first-round picks, so maybe trade those picks and move up to get one of these college quarterbacks or go after one of the big fish, um, a Russell Wilson to Deshaun Watson, perhaps maybe even Aaron Rodgers, what have you. But uh, just n nothing good here for the Giants. If, and this isn't me just being a Cowboys homer when I say this, guys. I couldn't tell you if you put a gun to my head what the New York Giants do well. 
I mean, I, I think the strength of their team is still their defense. Um, Leonard Williams was active in this game. I thought he was going to miss it. Uh, Aziz Ojulari, um, the rookie out of Georgia, continues to impress me. He had another half of a sack. Um, I believe he's up to about eight. He's right uh, behind Micah Parsons um, for most sacks as a rookie. And uh, Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Carter, who I do like, um, had two sacks in this game. Very surprising to hear that those were his first two of the season. But I guess I would say their uh, their ability to get after the passer is what they, they do best, but they still don't do it that well. Um, the secondary has pretty good pieces, but they've been getting thrown on recently. And the offense is just abysmal, man. Uh, Mike Glennon, uh, he played decently last week this game. Failed to throw for 100 yards, but had three interceptions. Played so bad that they put in Jake Fromm for his first NFL snaps. And I got to be honest with you guys, Jake Fromm moved the football a lot better than Mike Glennon did. So I'll uh, be curious to see who lines up under center for the Giants as they travel uh, to Philadelphia. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, They did run the ball okay. Saquon only had 50 yards rushing. Devontae Booker, who um, played very well um, when Saquon was out, had 74 yards rushing. So the Giants got a little bit of a running game going, but when you're down as quickly as they were down because of all the turnovers the Cowboys forced, they they couldn't really lean on the running game. Uh, shout out to Saquon. He did have an amazing catch. You guys may have uh, may have seen it. It's like he, he almost like palmed the tip of the football. I don't even know. I couldn't catch a Nerf football, the way that he caught that football. So Saquon still has um, those eye-popping plays, but he just doesn't seem to be able to put a consistent effort together. And I I just don't know if he ever is going to be able to again, unless this team completely rebuilds their offensive line and gets a competent quarterback under center. But uh, just, just, it's, it's Joe Judge, I feel like he is going to be safe because of a lot of the injuries and the poor quarterback play. But, man, they already fired Jason Garrett. Uh, Patrick Graham is a defensive coordinator. I'm not sure how safe he feels with his job. But the Giants are going to have to do a lot of soul-searching this offseason. And uh, they're going to have plenty of time to do it because their season will come to an abrupt end as soon as uh, Week 18 is finished up. So I wish Dave Gettleman in the front office, if he is still the general manager um, after the season's end, I wish him the best of luck in rebuilding this team. I thought going into the year, they drafted Kadarius Tony in the first round out of Florida. They signed Kenny Galladay, a big alpha number one wide receiver, gave him big money. And it's strangely enough, it seems like the more that they give Daniel Jones weapons, he has Kyle Rudolph, he has Evan Ingram, he's got a two-headed monster at tight end the worse he gets, and that just doesn't make sense. And I don't know. As a a fan of this division, I hope the Giants move on. So we will move on as well to uh, Tuesday night football, as uh, strange as that is. Uh, But it was kind of cool just as a fan to have football on Tuesday. It's, It's great this week as football fans. We had Tuesday night football. We get the Titans and the Niners, which is a great game on Thursday. We've got a doubleheader on Christmas Day. We've got... All 10 games on Sunday. We got a good game Monday night. So as a football fan, this is a great week. But it was not a great week to be the immune system of a player on the Washington football team because the Omicron variants tore through that poor football team. 
so badly that uh, I, I saw on the broadcast last night, I believe Mark Sanchez was the announcer, and he told a story that uh, this past Thursday, so less than a week ago, guys, Garrett Gilbert was giving <clears throat> excuse me, his son a bath, and his wife said, you have 21 missed phone calls on your phone. What is going on? So he got up, and these were phone calls from the Washington football team front office saying, Garrett, we need you, bud. And uh, if you guys remember, Garrett Gilbert is no stranger to the NFC East feast because last year uh, when Dak got hurt, when Andy Dalton got hurt, when B.A.D. Ben DiNucci was absolutely abysmal, we called Garrett Gilbert, and he came in for a game uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he actually almost upset Pittsburgh. So I was not surprised that the Washington football team was competitive in this game with Garrett Gilbert under center. He He's, I mean, t- to have that kind of pressure, you come in on a Thursday and you get, what, 72 hours to learn the playbook? Hats off to Garrett Gilbert. Clearly, he didn't light the world on fire here, guys. He was 20 for 30, a buck 94. He hit Terry McLaurin down the sideline on a nice uh, a nice catch. So, uh, so shout out to him. Uh, a, a fun little footnote here on uh, on Terry McLaurin. He is now less than 400 yards away from passing Gary Clark. Now, guys, forgive me. Uh, George might know who Gary Clark is. I do not. But from passing Gary Clark for the most receiving yards in the first three seasons as a member of the Washington football team. So I'll certainly be monitoring uh, Scary Terry's stats these last few weeks to see if he can uh, set that franchise record. But he, he hit Terry down the sideline, had a couple decent passes, but the problem here, guys, was the Washington football team could not run the football, and that's what they have been leaning on this entire season. But who can run the football for damn sure is the Philadelphia Eagles. We made fun of Nick Sirianni at the beginning of, of this season because he played rock, paper, scissors. Well, I said it before, I'll say it again. He dropped the paper, he dropped the scissors, and he went whole hog ham with the rock. And my boy Nick Sirianni pounds the rock. The Philadelphia Eagles in this game, you're not going to be surprised. They ran the football for 238 yards. This Philadelphia Eagles team, guys, is the first team since the 1985 Bears. You may have heard of them. Um, They have a man named Walter Payton, a.k.a. Sweetness, R.I.P. Walter, who led that team to a Super Bowl. They're the first team since the 85 Bears to rush for over 175 yards in seven straight games. So although Nick Sirianni may have been the laughingstock of certainly this podcast, perhaps the entire league during the offseason, I give him credit. He looked at this team, and he looked at Jalen Hurts, and he said, what what, what do I have here? I got a quarterback who can move a little bit, and he actually throws better on the move. And I've got a plethora of running backs. Miles Sanders went 18 carries for a buck 31. He's averaging seven yards a carry. Guys, Miles Sanders is the first Eagles running back to have back-to-back 100-yard running games since LaShawn Shady McCoy in 2014. That's impressive. So shout out to Miles Sanders. Shout out to the entire Philadelphia Eagles running game. Jordan Howard chipped in with another 70 yards. Jalen Hurts had 38 yards. And as uh, Costa K likes to say, Jalen Hurts is the GOAT at stealing goal line tutties. 
Of course, uh, Costa had Miles Sanders on his fantasy team. He was bummed out to see uh, Jalen Hurts steal two red zone touchdowns. Jalen, uh, of course, um, usually does take those QB options in himself. But shout out to Costa K. I see that you are going to the championship in John Warman's Fantasy Football League, so I will certainly be rooting for the three, four, six, eight Niners. But back to the Eagles. And Jalen Hurts was actually pretty efficient passing in this game as well. 20 for 26, 296 yards and a touchdown. Those are very good numbers, especially from Jalen. He did throw an interception, but if you guys saw, it couldn't have been more of a fluke. Um, Dallas Goddard dropped the pass, and then it bounced off of his heel. Heel, yeah, and right into the arms of Landon Collins. Um, And then actually shortly thereafter, Montez Sweat. I know the Washington football fans were very happy to see Montez Sweat back in action. He has missed some time with a broken jaw. But Montez Sweat had a strip sack of Jalen Hurts, which Landon Collins scooped up and, and ran for a few yards. So because of those early turnovers, the football team was actually up 10 to nothing early in this game. So Jalen had to rally the troops, and boy, did he ever. Dallas Goddard, um, although he's a tight end, I would say he's their number one wide receiver. Seven catches for 135 yards. Impressive numbers despite um, the drop pass that bounced off the heel. And uh, the Philadelphia Eagles defense, uh, I mean, th- that's, that's what they do. Not only do, do they run the rock, they play pretty good defense as well. Uh, Fletcher Cox had two sacks in this game. Uh, one of my favorite players, Javon Hargrave, well, lived in the backfield this entire game. Uh, Darius Slay, he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Alex Singleton had eight tackles. Um, so th- this Eagles team, uh, I feel like the defense is feeding off of the energy that their running game is giving them. Um, on to the football team side. I, I have no ill will towards Washington's effort in this game. The fact that this was a one-possession game in the fourth quarter, I think, speaks to just how great of a leader Ron Rivera is. I mean, at one point, they had 21 players on the COVID list. They did get a few guys active. Kudos, first of all, to the NFL for delaying this game, the Rams and Seahawks game, as well as the Browns and Raiders game. That was a good move by, by Commissioner Goodell to give these teams a chance to at least field uh, a decent team. So Washington got some guys back, and uh, they played a hell of an effort. Uh, they tried to—I they, heard Dan Snyder had, like, a private jet waiting for Taylor Heineke to hopefully get his second negative test so he could quarterback this team. Did not happen for Heineke, though. And uh, just not, a, not enough guys on the field for, for Washington. Uh, th- they had to run the football last night. That was their only way that they were going to have a shot. The Eagles shut that down, and because of it, they shut the door on what could have been a heroic performance by the football team. My God, if the if the if Washington could have went into Philly and got a road win with Garrett Gilbert under quarterback, I would have been scared as a Cowboys fan to play them with that momentum. But unfortunately, that did not happen. This dropped the Washington football team to six and eight. The Eagles go to seven and seven. Now, right now, as the NFC wild card stands. The Minnesota Vikings have the final seed, which is the seventh seed in the NFC. They have the same record as the Eagles, though. So the Eagles are right there. And, of course, Philadelphia plays the Giants this week. So you got to figure that the Eagles are going to get a win, and they're going to be put pressure on Minnesota all the way down to the wire. And if I had to guess, I'm saying the Eagles get into the playoffs. And I'm sorry, George, and I'm sorry, Washington football fans. 
I think this was the NFC East Eliminator, as I called it last week. You guys are still alive at 6-8. and eight. Who knows? You can go on a run these last three weeks, go 9-8 and eight and get in the playoffs. But I think this was a must-win. And unfortunately, not all due to the football team's effort. They just couldn't pull it off. So let's move on to Week 16, which, as I said, to open the pod, the same four teams just flip um, the opponents, and they're playing each other. I want to start with the Eagles. Let's stay on them. They are going to be hosting the New York Giants. And with this momentum, although the Eagles, of course, playing on a Tuesday night, they're going to be on a short week, I think they roll the Giants. If I am Joe Judge, I would probably put in Jake Fromm at quarterback. Why not? See what the kids got. Maybe you got something special here. Maybe this is a uh, a Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe moment. Maybe you've got Kurt Warner. By the way, guys, if uh, you don't have any plans on uh, Christmas or in the coming week and you're looking for something to do, I know there is a movie coming out called American Underdog, and it is the story of Kurt Warner. So that looks, if you guys are familiar with that story, it's going to be a great movie, so check it out. But who knows? Jake Fromm could have a little bit of Kurt Warner in him. He moved the ball well last week. But it doesn't matter if Kurt Warner, his goddamn self, comes out of the broadcast booth and plays quarterback for the Giants, which he actually did at one point in time. The Eagles are going to whoop some ass here. The running game is what they're going to lean on, clearly. Um, as I said before, if they're going on 175 yards rushing, they'll be doing it for they'll be attempting it for uh, for the eighth straight uh, week. And Jalen Hurts, those two rushing touchdowns that he had against the football team, put him at 10 rushing touchdowns for the season. That sets the all time Philadelphia Eagles franchise record that broke Michael Vick Michael Vick had nine rushing touchdowns and they've as I said they've had Donovan McNabb they've had Randall Cunningham they've had some quarterbacks who can move so the fact that Jalen now has that record shout out to him 10 rushing touchdowns I'll give him his 11th this week and I'll say Miles Sanders continues his hot streak he'll have another 100 yards again the Eagles will rely on the interior defensive line with Fletcher Cox and Hargrave, and of course Jalen Hurts in that running game. I've got the Eagles to win pretty soundly here. I'll go Philly 29, Giants 13. So I think I think the Giants, I, I, unfortunately with, uh, with the decision to shut down Daniel Jones, I hope he's okay first and foremost, but I think that has more or less to do with just them conceding the rest of the season rather than Daniel Jones getting in there and injuring the neck any further. So, yeah, I think Philadelphia, as a Cowboys fan, we play the Eagles week 18. I hope and I believe that we will have the division wrapped up at that time and it won't be a huge um, you know, implication of, of a playoff seeding at stake. But I do not want to see this team. I do not want to see them in week 18, and I certainly do not want to see them in the playoffs. I don't think anybody does. This is a weird team to game plan for. If you're um, – Hey, Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay. If you're a Sean McVay out in Los Angeles, like, you don't, this is a nightmare. Like, because nobody, nobody else plays football like the Eagles play football. It's kind of like the Ravens a couple years ago when Lamar took over the league. It's like, you can't, you don't have like a, a quarterback in practice who, who can go in there and play scout team for Jalen Hurts, like, and, and, and try to be who Jalen Hurts is. Like, it's, it's, it's a matchup nightmare, and I think it's going to be a nightmare for the Giants. So uh, I got the Eagles, again, winning, winning a big one. But now I want to get to Sunday night football, which will have Georgia's Washington football team 
traveling to Big D to play my Cowboys. And I think this will be the last Christmas present under the tree that Jerry Jones opens. Uh, nothing against the football team. I think they're going to get a lot of guys back. I think Heineke will be back under center this week. But we saw this game, guys, just two weeks ago. And the, the football team was healthy. at that. And, and, and the Cowboys, they kind of dominated them on defense. So I, I think uh, just the Cowboys just have to rely on the defense. And, the, and it's kind of, I think, as a pessimist, you can say, like, you can't keep relying on these turnovers. But the Cowboys keep getting them, guys. Like I said, they've got over four turnovers in three weeks in a row. They lead the NFL with 31 takeaways, 23 of those being 10 interceptions, 10 of them coming from one guy. So I, I, I don't think these, these turnovers are a fluke. And what I know is not a fluke is Dak Prescott's dominance over the NFC East. Dak Prescott's first two losses of his career came against the New York Giants. Since then, he's beaten them nine straight times. So Dak has a, cl- a record of 9-2 and two against the Giants. He has a record of 7-2 and two against the Eagles. And he has a record of 8-1 and one against the football team. So although Dak isn't playing that great right now, I think just the confidence he has to have of being the daddy of this division will be enough to just, I think, make him play a little bit more loose. And that's all I want to see, Dak. Just just let it rip, man. Throw an interception. Uh, you know, like, try to, to get C.D. Lamb deep. And, and who it's, it, if uh, somebody like a, a Landon Collins or a Cameron Curl makes a play on the ball, just let it be. Like, we, we, we got your back. And uh, I, I think that will happen here. I, I just want to see us get out to an early lead, which I think the Cowboys can do relying on the running game and then have Dak be able to make the mistake. I think he was he was tight. He was tight against the Giants. He didn't want to make the mistake. But I think now that he sees this defense playing the way they are, he can relax a little bit, and I hope, I hope he does. Uh, on the football team side here, you guys got to pound the rock. Antonio Gibson was completely ineffective last week. Um, I saw Jarrett Pattinson, who I'm a big fan of, the undrafted kid out of Buffalo, he got into the end zone, which might have been his first career touchdown. I'm not quite sure there. But use Pattinson, uh, rely on Antonio Gibson, and pound the rock. Because the Cowboys, although they force a lot of turnovers, you can run on them. So I think the football team relies on the running game. And this game is competitive. I think the Cowboys will get, I'll give them two turnovers in this game. I, I think one of my secondary guys is good for an interception. Hopefully it's Trayvon's 11th. And I think uh, Tynanke better watch out because if, if it's not Randy Gregory, it's going to be Micah Parsons. If it's not Micah Parsons, it's going to be Demarcus Lawrence. My guys are coming off of the edge, and they're looking not just for the sack. They're looking to knock that ball loose. But I think um, the, the football team can get a turnover or two as well on Dak. And I got the Cowboys with the clean sweep of the Washington football team. I got Cowboys 24 I've got football team, we'll give them 17. A, com- a competitive loss. This will be the Sunday night game, so I hope that you guys can, you know, cap off your, your Christmas weekend and enjoy this game uh, as much as I will. I know somebody else who's going to enjoy this game, and that is Mr. Jeff Ludlow. As I said, guys, Ludge is the family man. He's out doing Christmas things, but he couldn't leave y'all hanging. 
Luds, Merry Christmas. Give us your picks. Week 16 of the NFL season. Man, the season's gone by fast. So I apologize for another memo this week, guys, uh, for it being Christmas week. Uh, just got a really busy week. I still have some Christmas shopping to do. Uh, a lot of cleaning I got to do around the house. So just want to make sure I get you guys my picks this week. Um, uh, what a week for the East. Um, great games. But getting into this week, we got two divisional matchups. We got the Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. We got the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what a great week for the East. I mean, this is a clash of, uh, you know, two good teams. Being Philly and Dallas right now, the Phillies look good. Uh, they're playing the Giants this week. Phillies favored by 10. Uh, so Philly minus 10. I am going to go ahead and go with Philly minus 10. I think they win by at least uh, by at least 10 or more. But uh, I am going to take the minus 10. I think they win by at least two scores. Um, just the way they've been playing. Hurts has been running the ball. They've been run- you know the whole the whole backfield's been running the ball. Uh, Giants are beat up. Glennon looked terrible. It got pulled, and or, I mean, they might have got hurt, but I know they brought in uh, Fromm. Fromm actually came in, slanged the ball a little bit, but uh, Philly's defense looked good um, this past game. I mean, I like the way they're looking. Uh, they're playing hard. Uh, they want to. They want to try to get one of these wild card spots. So I am going to take Philly minus ten at home. Uh, then we got the Washington Football Team traveling to the Dallas Cowboys. Whoa! What about them Cowboys. Um, I took Washington football team a week or so back when these two, you know, collided in Washington. I leaned to Washington because they were at home, but now they're traveling to Dallas. Uh, tough place to play. Um, Dallas, you know, they're the second seed in the NFC right now. I can't believe they're over my Bucks, you know, with the Bucks beating them, but it is what it is. Uh, they- I wanted to touch on that real quick, guys. Um, I forgot to mention that, that the Cowboys – are uh, the second seed, which which kind of surprises me. I do believe that the Packers are playing so well right now. Um, I, but it's very interesting that the Cowboys actually still have something to, to play for here. Uh, the Bucks just lost Mike Evans. They just lost Chris Godwin for the season. Leonard Fournette is going to miss the next three weeks. And they just signed Le'Veon Bell, so I, I think the Bucks are in a little bit of desperation mode. You, you saw, you saw Tom Brady throw that Microsoft tablet. I think there's a little, a little bit of cause for concern in Tampa Bay, and of course the Cardinals just lost to the lowly Detroit Lions. So there's an opportunity here for the Cowboys to um, get. More than one home playoff game. So we shall see. We face the Cardinals next week, so they'll have an opportunity um, to try to capture that number one seed. But I digress. Let me let uh, let me let Luds finish up here. Second seed in the NFC right now. I can't believe they're over my Bucks. You know, with the Bucks beating them, but it is what it is. Uh, they're they're holding strong. Uh, their defense is is built on turnovers, and they keep getting turnovers. And if they continue to get turnovers and put their offense in a good position, they're going to continue to win games. Uh, Washington football's team's defense looked pretty solid, I thought, last night. Um, and, you know, they played hard. It's just unfortunate that their quarterback got COVID and, you know, they went up with a <laughs> probably a, a guy that probably wouldn't start on any other team in the league. Mm-hmm. 
But um, they held their own. Uh, it was a tough loss. But now, you know, having to travel to Dallas, Dallas is rolling. I am going to take Dallas minus 10. Um, I'm sorry I didn't give a score in the last game. I'm going to take Philly 24, Giants 10. Uh, and then on this Washington football team, Dallas Cowboys, I am going to take the Dallas Cowboys. And the way Washington's playing defense, I don't think Dallas is going to score a ton of points, but I am going to take them 24 to 13. All right, that is my picks. Now for my upset parlay of the week. I'm going with Indianapolis, plus one at home against the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals looked like trash last week. Uh, Indianapolis Colts beat New England, who I thought was the hottest team in the league. Uh, they are at home. I think they do get a victory over the Arizona Cardinals, and they're fighting for a playoff spot as well, and they're a dangerous team. Um, they'll beat you in the trenches. Uh, second game for the upset parlay, I like the Miami Dolphins. Plus three at home face the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints did look good against my Buccaneers, especially on defense. But the way Miami's rolling, their defenses look just as strong. They're at home. I think they've won six straight, maybe seven straight games. Uh, they're right there in a playoff run, too. So I am going to take Miami, and I am going to take Indianapolis this week in my upset parlay. I wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. hope everybody has a great week. Enjoy football. Enjoy your families. Everybody stay safe. Love you guys. NFC East Feast, baby. We love you too, Luds. And I love that. I love that Dolphins pick over the Saints on Monday night. I think I might bet that my damn self. But, yes, yeah, so to, to recap, Luds has the Dolphins and the Colts in the upset parlay. And he is swallowing big time this week. Uh, he's got the Eagles and the Cowboys uh, both minus 10 to get some dominant NFC East victories. But we appreciate you, Luds. And I appreciate all you guys listening. I hope that your Christmas is very merry, and I hope that uh, your 2022 is the best goddamn year yet. I cannot wait to uh, get back with my partner, GVR, on the mic and uh, talk about what I think will be a sweep of my Dallas Cowboys over the Washington football team. But I love you all and appreciate you listening to the NFC East. Free!